You're listening to episode 59 of the Reading Cove Book Club's podcast. If you're a book lover who may be interested in joining our online book club, please visit our website at thereadingcove.com. For October 2015, we're discussing The Girl with All the Gifts by M.R. Carey. So hi, I'm Millennia in Florida. And I'm Roberta in Georgia. And Roberta and I are two members of The Reading Cove. And today we are here to share our thoughts about uh, The Cove's 179th pick, The Girl with All the Gifts by M.R. Carey. And this was chosen by Cove member Jen Uh, who lives in Miami. So why don't we get started? Today we're starting our uh, discussion with the rest of the group online. And so far, it's not that popular. No. What did you think, Roberta? Well, I I was disappointed. I think this might have been a book that was okay for a younger audience. Mm -hmm. But even then, I sort of felt like the writer was cashing in on this um, genre now, not only uh, it, before it was all the end of the world, dystopian futures, that was like one thing after another. And there were some, there's some very well-written books out there have been very popular, you know, the um, the Hunger Games, you mm-hmm. know, and then the, the Divergent thing. And those have appealed to a wide audience. Right. And, and there, you know, there is a thing here. I mean, things are not that awful, thank goodness. But I think when, when times have been bad and, and like in the recent history, people get more used to these darker stories. But this one, perhaps it was written more with the YA audience, but I just felt like that the author was sort of cashing in on what's popular now, the end mm-hmm. of the world, the zombies and all. And um, when I read at the end of the book, uh, there were some interview questions. Mm-hmm. And um, this man, this is a pseudonym for another writer, but most of the experience of the author was in writing graphic novels. I thought, well, this makes sense because this sort sort of seems more like the graphic novel type of plot. Right. Uh, maybe it's my age, but those just have never appealed to me. And sometimes just the way I've tried to pick them up, the way they have them illustrated, it just makes my eyes even <laughs> feel funny. I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with graphic novels that I have to admit when I was a um, youngster many mm-hmm. years ago that I loved comic books. Right. But they were they were very inexpensive. I would usually take my allowance and buy a couple of comic books. And I, and, um, I lived in an area where there was a lot of children the same age. And we'd have our pile of comic books. And about once a month, we'd swap out. So that way, it was great. You could mm-hmm. just read everything if you, you know, got together with people and swapped out. Right. So. So I, I love those, but you know I liked ones like the the ones about the classic stories or like Archie and Veronica and mm-hmm. things like that and little cute things. But the the ones nowadays seem more to be about fantasy and violence and and I don't know. Like I said, I, I guess I'm to the point where I'm just not the audience for that type of material. Yeah, and somehow it seems less creative and less substantive for lack of a better word, because that's how I didn't finish this book. Let me just say that right up front. I did, did, but it was a struggle. Yeah, it wasn't my cup of tea. And um, I almost never not finished the Cove group pick, but I draw the line at horror. I'm easily grossed out and disturbed by, you know, (laughs) graphic gross descriptions and stuff like that. And I'll have, you know, like (laughs) trouble sleeping. (laughs) 
Yeah. So I just can't read that for pleasure. I can't. So as I was reading and I'm like, okay, I'm giving this, you know, the, the, it's fair. I'm doing my due diligence because it's a group pick and I got about 50 or so pages and there was something, um, the first gross thing that was described early on. And I thought, Oh, you know, I felt that feeling inside and I thought, okay, if it gets worse than that, I'm not going to make it. And it did. So, (laughs) yeah, it did. I don't remember what it was that they were talking about, but it was something that the the premise of the book is. And, you know, if you're listening to this, you should already have read the book. But um, Melanie is um, the focal character. And this is a a dystopic future time where, you know, it's post-apocalyptic and some um, fungus or virus has infected most of humanity. So there are healthy humans are the minority now. And then you have these hungries who kill humans, right? Right. They're basically zombies. They're zombies. And, but the book doesn't call them that. No. And, and, and the other thing was the description didn't say anything about zombies. So I didn't know going into it that the book was about zombies. (laughs) The author kind of slowly revealed things. Yes. That's part of the process, but still. And I agree with you that it seemed to be, mostly for shock value and not really so much about telling a a story. It was like, I always feel that way anyway about gross descriptions in books. It's one thing to show things on the screen, you know, to paint a picture, but when it's in a book and they're describing, you know, just certain really gross things, I always feel like, you know, what is the point of that? Why are you... (laughs) (laughs) describing that you know because it's one thing to say it like you know their face was you know there was brain matter on the wall okay but I don't need you to describe what that looks like right (laughs) I already have the visual thank you exactly exactly I remember you know feeling that way about this like okay this this here is just for shock value right you're just trying to gross me out so I, I don't like that kind of storytelling so that's in a nutshell, why this wasn't for me. I didn't feel like it, all that description was necessary. And then the story itself, um, like you were talking about Miss Juno, the teacher. Uh-huh. Um, and I think she was the best character in the book. Melanie, right. you know, is the protagonist and she's this little girl they were going to kill um, to experiment on, right? Yeah, to see why she, you know, turned out to have a very you know, intelligent mind, a genius, where these other peoples were basically zombies because they were just running around like food, 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 chomp, 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 you know, and and hordes. But, you know, there was her and then these few other uh, children they had found that actually uh, were a little bit different. They still were going to eat you, Mm -hmm. you know, if, if you didn't keep them under control, but they just had a little bit, you know, better brains than these other. The feral uh, children. Yeah, right. And but yet she wasn't aware of what she was like when she would make the joke, I won't bite. Yeah. And they were like, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <you will. laughs> if you she, give it a chance, you will. Yeah. She didn't even know what she was. No, so I thought I, that was interesting. At first, even too, you thought maybe you knew something weird was going on. But first you think, well, maybe they're in some kind of orphanage. You fear they're still mm-hmm. like an end of the world thing, but maybe they're in some kind of orphanage. But the more time went al- along, you think, no, there's something wrong with these children. Yeah, you know, something's not right. And I was wondering, why are they educating them? Why, why not just get rid of them? 
Right. You know, if there's if they're dangerous, why are they? I I thought with that, that was more like the crazy mad scientist, Dr. Caldwell, that mm-hmm. you know, she just wanted to see how much she can do with these different. She didn't think of them as, you know, even any kind of creations. They were just test specimens, as she put it. Right. So she just wanted to see to what level you could get these uh things that were sort of hybrids in a way, I guess you would say, because they were still had the wanting to eat human flesh part of them, but at the same time, they could be educated. So she just wanted to see, you know, where this all uh, came from. She was almost like a, one of the evil scientists from those old, you know, horror movies. Right. Well, I said it was probably one of the, the few books that normally, if I had just picked it up on a whim or somebody said, oh, read this, then I would have been like you. I'd probably given it 50, 100 pages and said, like, you're not my cup of tea. But for whatever reasons, I just thought, well, you know, I got to keep up my um, history of, of <laughs> cold picks. Cause the ones I haven't read were like there were very extenuating circumstances. Right. But I had, felt like I had to push onward and upward. But I don't think I'll be reading any more material by this author because it's just not my thing. I I, I do read some things that, you know, I know you wouldn't like, Mm -hmm. you know, Dean Koontz and Stephen King. But even they've kind of mellowed as they've gotten older. They've gotten more into psychological and other type of things more than just pure horror, though there are times when that you think, okay, you kind of overdid it there, buddy. <laughs> Even though I've been reading for you for years, you could have left that last little part off there and we would have been just fine. fine. Yeah. So the rest of the group, um, we do have one member who enjoyed it and that's Lynette. But this type of book is definitely in her wheelhouse. She she likes reading this stuff and I think she reads them with her son. Yeah. Um, who's, I think, a teenager or something. But, yeah, um, yeah she, so she likes to read this this type of stuff. So it wasn't a total no. dud. <laughs> Even when I was telling my husband, he said, well, what are you doing for your podcast today? And I was just telling him a brief synopsis of the thing. He goes, oh, I might like that. I thought, well, yeah, maybe you will. Yeah, he might. It seems like most of the uh, freebies he downloads onto his Kindle because he put a thing on there to share with me and I've had to go through and delete, delete, delete. <laughs> About 90% of what he's been downloading is some kind of paranormal thing or, you know, <laughs> yucky monsters thing. And I thought, oh, gosh. And he reads this before he goes to sleep at oh night. My God. I don't know how he, he does that. <laughs> you kind of sometimes have to be careful what you put in your head because it might come back to literally haunt you later. Whoever's listening, this might be your cup of tea. You right. might love this book uh, because I, as I discussed with Millennia before we started this podcast, when I went to log this book into Goodreads, I was just absolutely amazed that there were probably 95% of the reviews were uh, four or five stars. Yep. So don't just take our opinion for this book because there's a lot of people out there that, you know, just didn't put the stars. They wrote glowing reviews. So this it has an, it has an audience. There's no doubt right. about it. Yeah. So, so, you know, don't get mad at us. This is just our <laughs> opinion. Exactly. We're, just, we're just here to tell you what we think, but <laughs> you may love this book. So if you've read it or decide to read it, uh, feel free to leave your comments with us. Cause I'm always open to hearing, you know, other people's opinions opinions on things that I I may or may not have, you know, enjoyed myself. (laughs) All right. So that's our discussion of The Girl with All the Gifts by M.R. Carey. And thanks for tuning in. As always, leave us your comments. Let us know what you thought, if you you love it and, and why. 
or if you if not if you agree with us and why and stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be discussing the pocket wife by susan crawford see you next time bye bye